0: what's up everybody welcome to another edition of drive for show dfs for Doe here on roto grinders and live on youtube thanks to all of you checking us out Uh, of course many of you probably watching us after the fact or listening on the podcast feed however you are consuming it we appreciate it and uh, we'll break down another golf tournament this week we've got uh, kind of a unique event uh, with the uh, at&t byron nelson having yet another new host course so we've got a Work that discussion into play. And of course, take a quick look back at last week where I pretty much got everything wrong. So that was a nice, uh, you know, nice Sunday uh, anti sweat for me last week. But uh, that's all right. It's DFS Golf. It's a fickle beast. And that's part of why we like it so much. I am Justin Van Zoo and I will be the host of the show here tonight. Uh, we'll bring in my two usual co hosts. We've got Mr. Derek Farnsworth, AKA Notorious, on one side, and Noto. Uh, if you got, you know, really any money back last week. You had pretty much a better week than I did, so I used up my good karma the week before, but uh, how was your week there last week?
1: Yeah, so it sounds like uh, slightly better than yours. Uh, Ended up going with the full PMAM draw uh, for my main lineup, and that still didn't work out very well. Uh, Got a little bit back and then made 150 lineups in uh, the $15 and had two 6 of 6, and I didn't have one guy in my player pool that was at plus 2. Um, so that was a little frustrating to see that move uh, late in the afternoon. And, uh, I mean, I know Bryson was a little frustrated, too, after he uh, took the flight home. Um, <laughs> that was pretty funny. To see him come back in the top 10, that was uh, pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, so, you know, uh, Bryson must follow the TV announcers discussing the cut line, and so surely he didn't think he had a chance uh, because the broadcasters always get it wrong but of course as we all know now the wind picked up friday afternoon uh, i think he was like t79 or something when he finished his round and ended up getting to 65 and uh you know had to turn it back around and uh said he flew back to charlotte at 230 in the morning on saturday and his tea time was at seven o'clock uh, or seven ten or whatever and, uh, and then he still ended up with the top 10 uh must be nice out of that so uh just you know with the casual six figures or whatever uh, when you thought you had missed the cut on uh, on Friday, but uh, these guys who thought that you know, they, they didn't have much of a chance, but uh, it was pretty brutal there on uh, Friday afternoon. Um, yeah, so bring in Mr. Tyler Tambolin as well. Tambo, uh, how was your week, comparatively speaking?
2: Uh, not great. No. All I right. It's three not, for three. Uh... <laughs> three for three yeah definitely uh you know the bryson he, sh- he should follow kevin roth get a little bit of the weather report he should have known about those afternoon wins the pm am stacks did come through i did not have nearly enough of those nor did i have enough or very much at all of Roy mcelroy but good to have him back i think you know from a, a golf fan perspective my my dfs side of things and the the year just continues to me i'm not winning at pga i'm winning at uh, you know mma mlb nba lpga <laughs> PGA will not come through for me yet, so uh, I'm hoping it's this week leading into next week for the major season, but uh, still having a lot of fun with it. I thought from a, a watching or a viewing perspective and a fan base, you know, the tournament was great to see, and good to have Roy back in the winner's circle. It was awesome.
0: Oh, it's nice that your other uh, sport wins can help fund the uh, PGA community, so that's man of the people, right? Uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's all right. Hey, sometimes you, you know, you, you take, the, take the lumps and the wins in the other sports, and uh, it all, uh, the breaks all even out in the end, right? That's what they say. So, uh, uh, one of us is going to have a big week, uh, this week or, or next week with a major can feel it. So, um, Nodo thoughts on the event uh, last week uh, for you outside of uh, what we've talked about already.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad we wrote off, uh, Rory McIlroy. That was pretty good for the show. Um, yeah, I mean, it was impressive seeing him win. Um, uh, you know, he started off pretty slow on Thursday, put together three really solid rounds in a row and uh, for me, that last uh, hole where he decided to take the drop, um, very interesting. I don't think a lot of golfers would have actually just taken the drop. I think most would have just tried to chip it out. Um, I didn't really, I don't know. I mean, I saw so many guys hit it in that water, uh, take the drop, and then end up doubling or tripling that hole on that final day. So uh, for him to hit that approach out onto the green was uh, really impressive uh, Abraham answer, making that run was uh fun to watch. I mean, he was just nails on that back nine hidden every green. I think he hit 17 of 18 in the final round. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I love that tournament. I mean, it's a great uh, golf course, a great event and uh, sets up for a really nice finish. Uh, if you had Bubba Watson um, and you had a sweat, that was uh that was pretty rough at the end or cam Davis too. I think he, uh, he went double bogey-bogey, and I think Bubba went triple-triple or something like that on his last two. So um, a lot of uh, blow-ups there at the end, but congrats to Rory. Golf is in a much better place with him back in the winner's circle.
0: And answer had a chance to birdie all three of those holes, uh, which are you know notoriously some of the most difficult holes on the course. So uh, it was a, a pretty interesting finish there. Uh, while we did kind of get a lot wrong last week, as evidenced by our results, Noto did have the nice call there on Keith Mitchell, uh, who was in the mix and in the lead heading into the final round. And, uh, you know, I, I'm the biggest Keith Mitchell fan there is, but had played him the week before, and we talked about how he lost like nine strokes putting on Sunday the week prior. Well, it came out after Locke uh, that he was playing, had a busted putter on uh, in that final round. So uh, obviously that's uh, part of the explanation for why he would have lost nine strokes putting. Uh, and, you know, my take on him would have been a whole lot different had I known that prior to, uh, the, the tournament starting last week but uh, unfortunately that was not the case and uh, uh, and just kind of went along with everything else didn't have the uh, the pieces right of course you know noto and i weren't on patrick reed so you pretty much could lock in that top 10 he knew that oh uh,
1: hey funny yeah, story he was... He, he was in my main lineup so uh <laughs> maybe it's not me maybe <laughs> yeah. it's not me. it's
0: just me it's 100 <laughs> percent me it's only me that's fine i'll be the fall guy for patrick reed Um, so was that a switch up for you then based on the weather?
1: Yeah. So all four of my core plays were, uh, on the wrong side of the draw. So I tried to tweet out an update and, uh, post it in discord, but I mean, it was pretty late Wednesday night. So hopefully somebody saw it at least. And, uh, just went with the full stack and, you know, Reed was one of the guys that I spent up on.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, that's good. I'm glad we've isolated that just to me. That makes (laughs) me feel great. Um, all right, well, let's go ahead and start digging into this week. We've got the ATT T buyer Nelson, which... Um, I don't know if it's the black sheep tournament on the PGA tour these days. It just seems to kind of always get a bad rap. Um, you know, it either gets thrown in a bad spot in the calendar right this year. It's, uh, it's right before the, the new date of the PGA championship, which, you know, they changed that around a couple years ago, COVID threw a wrench into all this last year, but, uh, they've moved the PGA championship to may. So that's next week. Uh, if you haven't been looking ahead at the schedule. So we've got the Byron Nelson the, the week before the PGA Championship. Um, we had a couple of years where it was played at Trinity Forest, one year where it was ridiculously hot and there's no trees or anything around. So it wasn't great for the spectators. Uh, and it was just a course that the these two pros just tore apart. I mean, you saw uh, Sung Kang and and Aaron Wise at you know 23 under par, the two years that it was played at. Uh, at Trinity Forest, and then last year's event was canceled due to COVID. So uh, now we've got yet another new course in the mix, uh, and somewhat of a watered down field. But uh, it's uh, you know it's just kind of been the event that uh, just gets overlooked uh, in a lot of aspects. So um, and you know the new course is just going to make it harder to find data and a little harder to find you know talking points because course history just isn't a thing. Uh, so, TPC Craig Ranch in McKinney, Texas, will be the new host course for this event. And, uh, Nota, what have you been able to dig up on the venue this week?
1: Yeah, so uh, we shouldn't pretend like we know how it's going to play because we really don't. Uh, we don't have any data to work with, like you mentioned. Um, it is a new course, Par 72, nearly 7,500 yards. It looks like the Par fives, there's four of them, uh, they're all going to be reachable by the field. Uh, the longest one's about 570. And then, potentially, two drivable Par fours as well. Uh, number six is about 360. Number 14 is about 330. Uh, from the interviews that uh, I've seen, it seems like it's a pretty open golf course. Uh, a lot of golfers are saying, you know, it's going to be a driver friendly course. Uh, Will Zalatoris in his interview today said, it's definitely going to favor the longer hitters. Uh, the Zoja grass um, limits the rollout on the drive. So that's also going to uh, favor the longer hitters. And then he said, um, or son King, it's his home course too. He also said the same thing. You know, driving is going to be very important. And then just with this being the first time on the PGA Tour, it sounds like it's a five-year deal. But uh, you got to think they're going to set it up a little bit easier. Uh, they don't want to, you know, make it too tough so to where golfers aren't going to want to come back next year. So I expect it to be really low scoring. But obviously, I could be really wrong about that. Um, Jordan Spieth, you know, he's from Texas. He said it's a second-shot golf course. So we're getting all kinds of different uh, narratives to be played this week. I've also heard. Hey, if it's going to play easy and the greens are going to be hit, then it's going to turn into a putting contest similar to you know, John Deere or something like that. So I don't really know. Uh, I'm definitely favoring off the tee um, and approach and just taking my chances with ball strikers. I do think around the greens not going to be that important because you're going to have to make a lot of birdies to contend. And it uh, sounds like chipping's fairly straightforward around here. At least that's what I'm uh, getting from the player interviews that I've read so far.
0: All right. uh, Yeah. So it does seem like a course that is going to favor the longer hitters. And if you look at the layout of the holes, um, you know, there's some longer par fours, three of the par threes are 200 plus. uh, And, you know, since it's a longer course, you figure there's probably some massive par fives. But the par fives on this course, the fifth hole is 569. The ninth hole is 564. The 12th hole is 547. Uh, and the 18th hole is 552, and they all have this little creek that runs its way through the course that uh, kind of uh, guards the uh, front side of the green, so the longer hitters, if they're able to hit the fairway on those par fives, they're all reachable in two. I mean, you, you know, somebody like Bryson might have, you know, 175 yards coming in on a lot of these par fives if he's finding the fairway, so uh, I think that the par five certainly cater to the bombers with how important Eagles are in terms of fantasy scoring. You get somebody that makes, you know, three or four Eagles over the course of this week. Uh, I think that's going to make a big difference. So um, I am, you know, kind of taking that bomber narrative and, and running with it. So uh, we'll see if that holds true. And like Noto said, it's, you know, it's impossible for us to, to say with confidence that we know how the course is going to play and we're just going off of, you know, data and, and quotes, but uh, that's, you know, that's what we have to go off of here. And if you can get an advantage and that ends up being how it plays and you play all the bombers, then, you know, it's advantage you. So um, Tambo, your thoughts on the, uh, the layout of the course here this week.
2: Yeah. Like a lot of things you both just said with Noto's point, it's obviously tough can only go off of what we hear these guys say. These are the guys that have played the course, have been out there, have seen it things that they're mentioning, you know, no bottom line looks like, and if you've done any of the overview stuff, I certainly did where you could see it. It looks really open, you know, guys off the tee definitely have that advantage. Then you just got to get it up there. And then I think it will come down to a bit of the putter, but at the same time, you know, if you got a shorter, more accurate hitter, if they get it, you know, they're throwing darts all day, that's going to lead them to having shorter putts that they have to make. And a little bit you know, less The the greens won't be as fast. I'm trying to say, and things like that. I think we'll have it, you know, we've got a major next week. Like you said, I think they're trying to, set it up i'm with your mindset there cards the way you're running with it you know eagle makers certainly sounds like a good thing i'm not sure if we're running off a cliff together or if we're running into the promised land here but uh, i'm going to get after the upside we don't know enough about anything else i don't really care as much about the 2008 and the 2012 nationwide or the corn Ferry tour second round second stage qualifying like it's cool that they've seen it and they've been here before but a lot of that stuff the sample size is so limited from so long ago that uh you know Speeth and brooks coming t26 here and not getting out of the second stage many years ago really has nothing to do with who they are today right now this field the setup all the things in, in included in that so uh i'm, I'm going to be targeting upside you'll hear me talk about it throughout all the guys i'm going after scoring upside you know six out of six is going to be big this week if you can get through because there's going to be so many points out there to be had wind sounds like the only defense of the course if that gets going out there much like they said the same thing the last two years at Trinity Forest, basically everyone said, like, oh, we're playing a Muni. Like, why is it like this? Well, they all, after the, you know, Wise got swerved by his girlfriend there, thought he was getting the winning kiss, didn't get it. The, the bottom line was in those final interviews is the wind never showed up. And that's why those scores were out there. No different than when Sung Kang got it done. So uh, as, as long as there's not much wind here and it doesn't look like there will be as of right now, I think the, the scoring is going to go super low here.
0: Uh, I know Noto saw this earlier because he commented, but our uh, our old colleague Josh Culp, who uh, wrote for Roto Grinders for a long time, uh, works over at uh, NBC Sports Edge and, and Numberball now. Uh, a great DFS golf contributor, uh, tweeted out earlier today. Wasn't sure if this was a sign, but uh, he was doing the old uh, you know digital horsies that are going around these days, uh, <laughs> and uh, I believe his horse is named First Round Leader. And the, uh, the horse right above him in whatever race was about to happen was named Jordan Spieth. So his screenshot shows Jordan Spieth, first-round leader, right underneath it. So uh, if you're into those kind of uh, zodiac signs, if you will, go ahead and bet Jordan <laughs> Spieth as your first-round leader this week. And, uh, you know, if he says it's a second-shot golf course, maybe it is. But, uh, yeah, I'm with Tambo. Uh, if we're going off the cliff, we can at least uh, we can catch each other at the bottom together. Uh, yeah. and uh, commiserate that way and, you know, come back up, uh, hike it back up next week. But um, yeah, interesting. And, and I'm kind of with you. I think it's going to play pretty easy. They don't want to scare all these players away and go with all these tricky setups, tricky pin placements, get everybody all, you know, upset about the the, the course and not want to come back uh, for the, you know, next year as part of this five-year deal. So uh, they want the guys to enjoy their experience and, and want to come back next year. So, um, don't expect it to play super difficult. And as of now, it doesn't look like uh, we've got, you know, quite the wind that maybe we sometimes see in Texas. Of course, the forecast can change, but it doesn't look uh, overbearing at this point. So, uh, Noto, any follow ups to add here before we dig in?
1: Uh, I was just going to say, I don't know if I missed this a couple weeks ago or what, but uh, Jordan Speed got COVID and hasn't been able to practice for a couple weeks. Did you guys see that?
2: Yeah, I, I haven't see seen today. that either. But he did say also too that I think he went out last week with his dad and his agent and played TPC Craig Ranch to just give it a, a little workaround, right? Quick, just to see what it was like. So uh, I don't know how much I believe in that, but uh, I'll be playing him. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But uh, I I think it's a good spot for him. Maybe even that first round leader bet, that, you know, run that, that thing. <laughs> that could be a thing. So yeah,
1: that's twenty eight to one right now. So hop on there. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that. Uh, there are worse. Uh, there are worse bets with the way that he's played over the last couple of months. So that's crazy. I, you know, and all things aside, I mean, you'd think uh, a, a good portion of the golfers, uh, at least those that want to uh, have been uh, vaccinated at this point. Um, and, you know, the side effects, uh, the side effects of the vaccine are so kind of out there. Uh, my wife and I both got our second doses last weekend and I was largely fine, but uh, she was really down and out for a day and a half. And then, an, uh, uh, her Brad Lidge, former baseball closer, uh, say that he got his second shot and got a 105.5 fever uh, after getting his second dose. And uh, so I don't know his antibodies must really kick in. So he's definitely good from COVID, but uh, you start to think that we'll see less and less of these ca- you know, the cases, I know the last few weeks, there's been some players withdrawing, but um, as more and more that, uh, that wish to, to take the vaccine, get it, uh, we'll probably see less withdrawals on a weekly basis, but Spieth wasn't in the field for those particular weeks. So that's why he didn't get the whole, press release and, and all that stuff uh, with his, you know, uh, diagnosis there. So he didn't have to withdraw from an event during that time. So um, in any case, all right, let's go ahead and dig in and, and break it down. And of course, uh, Dustin Johnson withdrew from this event uh, right after the pricing came out. So, uh, you know, the, the salary distribution is maybe a little bit different than it otherwise would have been. Uh, had, you know, the DJ withdrawal been known before based on how the sites kind of price the players. But uh, so DJ is out. Obviously, don't play him. And that leaves us with five players above that 10K threshold. And again, not quite as strong of a field, maybe a little bit stronger than what you would normally see the week before a major. Uh, But we've got Bryson, we've got Rahm, we've got Spieth, we've got Matsuyama, we've got Berger, the five golfers above 10K on DraftKings. Uh, I'll let Tambo have the first crack at this top group. Uh, I mean, prioritizing distance, it seems like, you know, Bryson would obviously have to be the starter in this conversation then.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Kenny and I named the podcast, the at t Bryson Nelson, because that's what's <laughs> going to go down here. Like it's not even close. I think we, you and I've talked about this in the past cards, but all of us have, but you know, I just always think back to that U S open was the first time really doing a flyover, breaking it down and saying like, this is Bryson's week. One of the things I'm just not going to mess up anymore. The first big mistake I made was at the Rocket Mortgage Classic when I tried fading them there. And when you've got four par fives, uh, this course has two drivable par fours, but one of them, it's really better off. I think it's eight, where you should just take the layup and just, you know, I think it was described as look for the finesse shot going in there versus, you know, going for it. So, you know, with the creek and everything that's down there, but still that's like five huge opportunities for him right out of the gate. So cut make, uh, cut maker ability is there based on that. And then just the scoring upside and winning upside on top of it, you know, a little bit of the hometown crowd a little bit. So uh, I think that you could see Bryson go out here and really do his thing. Jo- I wasn't really in on Dustin Johnson anyway. So really all that did is bring that ownership across even more to Bryson than it probably already was going to be. So I do think there's some options here now, skipping ahead. I don't love the nine K range. So I'm going to name a couple more in this five figure range. I-, I do like the fact that we could get John Rahm a little bit lower owned possibly. Uh, and then I like Speeth, who-, who we just talked about. I think, you know, regardless of the COVID news, hopefully, that brings his ownership down and he just plays his normal game. He's definitely back. He's shown the ability. He's 10, seven. So maybe that scares the people off a little bit as well, but I, I just don't think it will. So Bryson, Rom and, and Speeth, not too interested in decky. Um, I heard, you know, a double end quarantine with him heading back to Japan after the masters win. I can't imagine he was doing too much and whatever. He's over 10,000. Anyway, you know, for me, that's not really a guy I go to in spots like this. And I guess Daniel Berger could be interesting uh, as maybe a lower owned play in here with everybody going up top, but uh, Bryson for sure, Spieth and then Rom. Those would be my top three in there. All right, Noto,
0: I'll let you follow up on that.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised to hear you don't like the 9K range, Tambo. I think uh, most of my builds are going to start with two or three of those guys, um, but it's definitely you know makes a lot of sense to start with Bryson. Uh, you mentioned the length off the tee. Obviously much better with his long irons and his wedges. Um, and there's going to be a lot of those hit. I think three of the par threes here are at least 200 yards. And then he's going to have those four par fives as well. And he lives like minutes from the course. So he's going to be able to sleep in his own bed. Um, that's always a positive in my eyes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if he thinks
0: he missed, if he thinks he missed the cut, it'll be <laughs> yeah. easy for him to come back. Yeah. There you
1: go. <laughs> Um, Rom, I agree with you on Rom. I mean, miscut that was his first one in uh a, nearly a full year, so not worried about that. I think he's gonna bounce back just fine. Speed, I'm a little bit worried about the covet thing. I mean, he said he wasn't expecting to shake off rust at this point of the season. Um, in his interview today, um, and I love him next week, so I don't mind being underweight on him this week and then hoping you know he has a little bit of a down week. Although I did that at Valero and then it burned me, so. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't do that again this week.
2: Yeah, well, I'm just going to cut you off for two seconds. It's your thing, Noto. You're the one who sold me in the past on this exact motto with speed, Wide fairways, open access, easy greens, a birdie course, things that he can do. That's just what he does. And now it's the perfect setup for him. You know, the COVID thing for sure. I'm with you. Uh, you know, it doesn't worry me as much, but I can see why it would worry you. But this is you've set me up for playing speed in this spot, just so you know.
1: See, I've done a 180 on speed in that regard. I like him on tough courses where everyone's going to may- be making bogeys, but uh, I don't know. Well, I guess he's changed his game a lot recently. Now you can play him anywhere, but for the longest time, he was making doubles on like the easiest holes on the on the course, and uh, so I don't know. Anyway, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with speed. Probably going to be underweight. I'm off of Hideki. Just so many things, like you mentioned, uh, you know, so much pressure being relieved after winning the Masters, all that stuff, the quarantine. Burger, I think he's a solid option. Uh, I don't think a lot of people will go there. So I do like Burger. Uh, if I'm ranking the guys at the top, I'll go Bryson, and Burger.
0: And, uh, speaking of next week, uh, for the PGA championship, they've got that uh, course set up at about 7,800 yards, oh, yeah. uh, for next week. So that's going to be, uh, it's going to be really interesting, uh, to, to break that down and, you know, see where the bombers land next week as well. But, um, unanimous on Bryson here at the top. um, I I don't have massive conviction on the other guys. I think Berger is probably the safest of the rest, you know, with uh, Matsuyama, the concerns that Tambo mentioned, Speed, the concerns that Noto mentioned, and Ram, you know, just not looking sharp last week and this being the week before the major. I certainly don't think that, you know, you have to fade any of those guys, but outside of Bryson and and burger, it just kind of, you know, it just kind of is what it is for me with that range. So I'll probably sprinkle them in a little bit in GPPs, but uh, not core targets for me by any means. So uh, let's move on to that 9K range and kind of hash out the differences there. And I mentioned with this being maybe a little bit of a weaker field, uh, these guys, some of them at least do feel a little bit priced up. I mean, Burns, Leishman, Palmer, all guys that maybe you're not used to paying 9K plus for um, Zal Torres, Fitzpatrick and Scheffler have kind of been there on occasion. And then of course you got Brooks Kepka in there, uh, the week before a major and, you know, coming off a, a pretty serious injury. Um, you know, I, I, I can see the concern. I'm kind of with Tambo a little bit more on this. So, uh, Noto, you mentioned you like a lot of guys in this range. Uh, who are they?
1: I'll start with Zalatorre says he's been playing uh, tournaments at this course since he was 12 years old. And he's been playing them with Scotty Scheffler, uh, both Texas guys, both live in the area. So I certainly think they make a lot of sense. Uh, Zalatorre is coming off the missed cut. Not worried about that one bit. Uh, number two in this field and strokes gained on approach. Uh, Scheffler has just been playing great. Um, you know, he's more consistent than people think. I think he's only missed two cuts in his last uh, 15 events or something like that. And, Again, yeah, another guy lives in Texas. I think that uh, he should play well here on a course that hopefully rewards distance off the tee and ball strikers. Ryan Palmer has the course record here uh, with a 61. So he's familiar with the course. He said he's played it a bunch of times. Um, and he's been playing some great golf too. So I think a lot of, a lot of those uh, make sense. You can play two or three of them um, if you skip the 10K range. And then Fitzpatrick, you know I like Fitzpatrick because he has the same exact game as Brian Harmon. Um, you know, hitting a lot of fairways okay with the irons and then uh, an elite short game he's been playing so good i think he has five top 11s in his last six starts uh something like that and he's much better off the tee than you might expect he's gained a little bit of distance he hits a ton of fairways so if it turns into a putting contest we don't really know um, then he's going to be right up there i'll certainly like him next week as well uh, I'm not going to have a ton of Brooks, but, you know, if he, he certainly has a lot of winning equity, a lot of miskite equity as well, but uh, he just didn't look great at the Masters. You know, he was limping all over the place. And then Burns coming off the win, that's a fade for me. Leashman kind of like him a little bit better next week.
0: All right. Uh, Tambo, your thoughts on uh, this range that maybe you're not quite a scion?
2: I just scare a lot of, you know, scary situations here. A little bit of the chalk congregating there, the narrative around the Zalatoris and Scheffler since they were 12 years old playing here, all of that from a stats perspective, they look great. They score, they can do it. Like it, it all adds up there. But like I said, my, I guess my thing would be like Zalatoris versus Burger. It's 400 bucks more. Burgers, you know, looking to be around the same ownership, so you're kind of just picking your poison. But one wins tournaments and has won tournaments, and, and Zalatoris contends in them. The other thing about Zalatoris is a lot of people if they don't know him from before or go back. Like the reason he didn't win a lot on the Corn Ferry Tour and came in the top five and top ten, and I know that can play here. Don't get me wrong, I'm just saying that you know that was because of his putter. And so what worries me a little bit here is if it does become a putting contest, is that you know he'll be making cars or birdies where people are making eagles or birdies and, and he's, you know, getting left behind at 9.7 K. So, uh, always loves Zalatoris. It's just saying with the price factored in the ownership factored in and all of that. Uh, I do like the Scheffler play a little bit more Noto. So I do like that call. Uh, I like Ryan Palmer, f- forget the, the record aside just to his game. And the other thing too, is I like Bryson so much more than Rom at the top, but it's not like I, this course can't set up well for Rom. We just touched on it a little bit. And the, the Ron Palmer thing has been just never ending. So I don't know if it's a narrative anymore, or just a, a coincidence, but they do play well at the same type of courses. Palmer knows the course. He's long off the tees, pretty accurate. He makes birdies himself, Eagles, et cetera. So, uh, I like uh Scheffler and Palmer are the two guys that I do like in this range. The more I've thought about it and gone on.
0: I have uh, written up Zalatoris and, and Palmer in my article this week. So those two would be my favorites. Um, Maybe we'll put Scheffler next after that, but it's pretty close. Uh, definitely a clear Zalatoris and, and Palmer one-two for me, though. Um, you know, I, I think Palmer's another one of those guys that maybe doesn't always get the attention or respect that he deserves. Though his ownership is a little bit higher, our projected ownership on him a little bit higher than uh, what I had kind of originally anticipated. Um, you know, the way he's been playing, he, he definitely deserves more attention uh, in the media and whatnot than than he actually gets. So. Uh, we'll give him some credit here and that'll uh, I'm, I'm sure make him feel a lot better. So, uh, all right, let's go ahead and move down into the eight uh, K's. And you know, this is where you can start to notice a little bit more that the, the field is a little bit thinner within uh, than what we're usually seeing. I mean, our previous value play, the Schwartzel that I've been on for the last couple of months, he's up to 8,100 Aaron wise up to 8,300 Luke list up to 8,400. Uh, you've got Thomas Peters in the field this week and, you know, even Siwoo Kim is up in the high eights. So uh, it's where your lineup, your lineups are going to look a little uglier uh, relatively speaking this week than they have uh, the past few or that they will next week at, at a major. So uh, this is the range where it starts to become a little bit of a struggle for me. Uh, if you're prioritizing the distance, obviously Peters is a golfer who is uh, very long and, and, and plays a, uh, you know, a, uh, plenty of distance off the tee and with his european tour stats we don't see him on the pga tour quite as much but uh definitely a guy that that can get it out there you know 340 350 yards on on some you know holes that uh, that allow for long drives so uh luke list certainly long off the tee as well uh so if you're playing the pure bomber narrative those are certainly a couple to like um tambo I'll, i'll stick with you your thoughts on this 8k range
2: yeah, I don't really love this range. I guess I like this range even less than the nine k. It's the seven k's where it starts to heat up for me. But uh, you know, you mentioned list. He's definitely on the list, so we'll play him. You know, he's got, he looked good last week. It was actually a solid week for him overall. Uh, you know, wasn't quite there, but you know, it was a, surprisingly enough, it was the putter that kept him in on Sunday. So you know, that's something you like to see for a guy like Luke List. Everything else with his game looked pretty good. I do, I really do like Charles Schwartzel. You you talked to me into him a little bit there last week and just keep riding the hot streak with him. He looks pretty good out there. I think most will tend to go down below. If I'm going below him, it's Mitchell. Uh, I know champ's got a pretty good long game himself, so he could fit in there, but not, not a lot of love in here, man. Well, i you know, I want to get your guys' thoughts on the ones at the top here. So, uh, day Sibu, Kim, you know, those are where I'm having a little bit of trouble. I guess Peters isn't play, but surprised to see the ownership where it's at for him too. It's not like, uh, a slam dunk play for me or anything like that so not not in love with this range but interested in your guys' thoughts on day and kim at the top
0: i tried day last week that was enough of a sample for me for a while so i'm out on <laughs> that um and <laughs> kim i i think we may be swayed a little bit on him but uh, go ahead noto
1: Yeah, I actually do like day a little bit, not for a single entry or anything like that. But uh, when he makes a cut, he posts a lot of top 20 finishes. Uh, Hasn't finished outside of the top 35 since November in the cuts that he's made. And he did gain off the tee on approach and around the green. He's just been terrible with the putter, which is so weird for Jason Day. So I'll have a little bit. looks like he's going to be, you know, less than 5% owned. Don't mind the Siwoo Kim call. Um, Harris English, I want to believe in him again, but his approach numbers have been so bad. I mean, he's losing like two or three strokes every tournament on approach. So uh, if that matters this week, that's going to be hard for him. Uh, he still rates out well if you do zoom out a little bit. I like the Peters call. Um, he's quietly put together five straight top 30 finishes worldwide, four straight top 15 finishes. Um, he hasn't, like you mentioned, he hasn't played a lot on the PGA Tour, he basically plays the majors and then the alternate field events. Um, those last five events, U.S. Open, the Open Championship, U.S. Open, Puerto Rico, and Corrales. So uh, quite a mix of events there. But uh, you mentioned the distance off the tee. I think he makes some sense. And everyone else just feels so overpriced. Luke List, Aaron Wise, Keith Mitchell, they were all in the 6Ks last week, and now they're you know, in the 8Ks. So. And they're going to be pretty popular, too. Um, that scares me a little bit. They make sense for sure, but I don't think I can get to the field average on those three.
0: Yeah, it's uh, not a a deep range for me. I mean, I'll play some Peters and and List and uh, because of the Bomber narrative and Schwartzel because uh, he's done okay by me the last uh, couple months. So I will probably ride that wave until it uh, it crashes. I mean, uh, if you haven't been on Schwartzel for the last couple of months, you're not going to want to hop aboard at 8100. I get it, uh, but for those that have uh, climbed aboard, we'll we'll go ahead and, and keep the wagon churning forward and, until he gives us a reason not to um champ i think is fine for gpps uh with his distance but you know he's certainly not safe Uh, mitchell we know the upside is there and obviously we know he's not super safe so um decent gpp darts in here but uh not a lot of players that you'd want to just you know a lot of weeks you can say well we can build a balanced build and uh like next week is going to be with a major you can build a balanced build of all these 8k plays and it looks really really safe and really nice uh, that's not necessarily the case this week. I think you'll see a lot more people going with the nine K's and, and Bryson uh, and then dipping in the seven K's and kind of skipping over this range and, in, in like single entry or, or main lineup type of builds. So uh, Tambo, any follow-ups on, on some of those guys?
2: No, I agree with you. I believe it's Noto and myself on the Wednesday night show, tomorrow night premium show. If you guys want to check that out, we'll be going through all of the builds and trying just to see what that looks like. Cause that's what I'm interested to see. Like, maybe just in saying that, and, you know, I've done quite a bit of an overview this week and I didn't love the nine K range coming in, but just hearing some of Noto's thoughts and now really thinking about this eight K range out loud here and just the build types, it almost is like, you know, Bryson skip the range or use an eight K guy or two and go down or start in the nine Ks and just build some of those lineups. And I'll probably, you know, you guys know, I build in sets. Uh, That's what I show pretty much every Wednesday of what I'm doing. And I think that's what it's going to be again this week, right? Maybe get sold a little bit onto that, but either way, it looks like the 8K range is going to go pretty overlooked in general. I will be watching you two on the Wednesday night
0: show just to make sure you X Ricky Fowler out of your player pool and you don't try to cross oh, no. that bridge again. Um, yeah. You know, are, are we good? We're good on Fowler. You, got- well, you remember hey. last week what we
2: said, go ahead, Nodo. you go first. Go ahead.
1: I mean wrong side of the weather draw it wasn't his fault.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. No, I was going to say that Cards and I we it was this show last week and we discussed it and we said I said, maybe you saw him. I said, I'm off Ricky now, which I stuck to. I said, I, but I'm oh, off Rory too. So I said, I'm going to go with Jason Day. And of course that didn't work <laughs> out. And it was Rory was the real one. the real Rory at the top. So should have went with Rory McIlroy and that would have fixed it all and left Day and Fowler out of this stuff. But uh, yeah, definitely not in on Fowler anytime soon after I that last week. I
0: didn't remember that I actually talked you off of him. I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't remember where we landed on that. I just know that you guys talked about him uh, and he sits there, <laughs> believe it or not as the only player between 7,500 and 7,800 that has not posted a top 10 this year, Uh, everybody else priced in there, Uline, Munoz, Knox, Ortiz, Howell, uh, Stallings. I mean, all these guys, Villegas even has some top 10s uh, and Fowler has none. So uh, poor Ricky, I know he looks cheap in this field, but uh, it's, uh, it's throwing away money until we, we see something out of him. Um, not, uh, not to try to pile on Ricky here, but, uh, all right, Tambo, you mentioned you like some plays in the seven K range. I forget, uh, I forget what, uh, quote you used, but, uh, you, you feel like digging in a little bit here to these seven K golfers. So, uh, what are some of your favorites?
2: Yeah, I forget the quote too, but I do like this range. So we'll go with that. I, I like, uh, Taylor Gooch right at the top 7,900. He'll be popular, but I think it's for good reason. Again, he's one of the guys that's basically, you know, not much of a difference between him and some of those priced up 8K guys. And he's sitting there at 7,900. So uh, I'll certainly go there. Charles Howell, Carlos Ortiz, those guys both have upside. Howell's actually been playing some really good golf. So I think that's pretty interesting. But Ortiz is a guy, uh, one in Texas already, Texas resident. That sometimes helps. But I think, again, this is where you're going to be taking on some of that risk. But realizing that if you do get them through, talk about some upside over the weekend with a guy like Carlos Ortiz that you can get. Same with Munoz. Uh, same with Scott Stallings, one that I don't like in here. Well, I mean, I'll just stay on the top of the range. So I don't talk all day because I do love this range, but uh, I don't know if I'm loving that Doug Gimchok and I'm a Doug truther. been on him quite some time, but there is way too many plays in here for me to get stuck on him. And, and I know that we normally talk about this in the 6k range. And yes, we do have a hundred guys in the 6k range that we could bring this point to, But remember, in these 156-man events and the way they've been going, uh, the chalk is congregating in the bottom sevens or the mid-range sevens. And that's where on the Monday Review shows I've seen the last couple weeks that the biggest difference has been made. And so for me to get behind Gim, another guy who can be pretty bad with the putter at times, I I do see here, Noto, you've got him tagged up. So, I mean, you have to sell me more than I already love some Doug Gim. I guess the issue is I've got Snedeker more um, I didn't like some Ben Martin. Like there's just so many guys, Straka, Kazire. There's so many guys under 10% Hoagie, name them all. But uh, sell me on Doug Gimnota or let me know your thoughts on this range. Cause it's tough for me to go there with that much ownership.
1: Yeah. Going to be popular for sure. Um, but I think rightly so. Uh, like I said, I'm just going to play the guys that I like look to differentiate elsewhere. Uh, he's went to college in Texas. Uh, his ball striking has been great. Bankgrass is by far his best putting surface. And these are the first bankgrass greens that we've had in quite some time. There's another guy that I'm going to talk about uh, who I'm sure Tambo is going to know um, in the low 7K range about bank grass greens. But, um, yeah, I mean, the ball striking, he's one of the best in the field. Um, 23rd off the tee, third in approach in my model. And uh, 54th in strokes being putting on bank grass. so not as bad as you might expect. Uh, the ownership's going to be there, no doubt about it. But I do like Gim quite a bit. I like the Taylor Gooch call, um, one of the better iron players in the field, coming off a nice finish. Uh, Carlos Ortiz, man, he just fell apart. He was three under par, uh, heading into his 18th hole on Saturday, finished, uh, six over for the tournament. Um, or no, he was 500. So he was 11 over on his last 19 holes. Um, so I don't mind going back to that. He's actually much longer off the tee than you might expect. He's a very good putter. So it kind of all just comes down to, uh, his iron play everyone else in this range. I don't know. I mean, Knox doesn't really seem like a good course fit. U-line, uh, he's been playing well. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a ton of conviction other than Gim and uh, Gooch in the 7K range.
2: All right, uh, Tambo, what does that make you want to do with Gim now? I still don't want to play him. I guess my, my bigger thing is that there's just – I get it, and it all makes sense, but – uh, I like Snedeker. He's been playing some really good golf. Uh, I like more. Think thing about more is like you look at, again, you can't get much out of the stuff that we're bringing in. We're trying to talk about as much information as we can to make some sense of it. But one of the things I saw that stood out to me was just his run on TPC courses and low scoring courses is, is pretty strong. And I know he's not the longest, but he's extremely accurate. That's where I said some of these little bit shorter, but pretty accurate guys and those par fives aren't super long. So there is still some opportunity there. So I like a guy like him, uh, Ben Martin, interesting point was brought up a uh, sundog monkey on twitter kenny and i have had him on the show a couple of times really great dude and he brought this up in his article that Ben Martin, and I didn't even think about this stuff, but this is his last chance to get in. He's a quiet Island native. So he wants to get into that, that major, of course. Played really good golf last week. I know because I used him in uh, in showdown and whatnot. So uh, I don't mind going back to him here. He's had some good results in the past on these TPC courses as well. Uh, 6.9%. There's nothing really going on there. And then just the guys you can take shots on, like Straka, Kazire, Hoagie can just score, man. Hoagie's a great play, I think at 7.2k we like our johnny vegas i'll say it for you cards so we'll go back to him and then nota will save the uh, 7.1k range for you but a lot of guys (laughs) in here that you can play man and i'm with you on on some of them and you know definitely the one you got tagged i'm in on so talk to us about your man patrick rogers last week was i thought it was it man i thought that was gonna be it
1: yeah three rounds under 70 um pretty good he just uh you know had to fall apart on saturday but uh that was actually good for me because i didn't have any of them uh, getting back on bank grass. He's uh, seventh in this field, I believe in stroke game putting on bank grass. So uh, we know he's long off the tee. We know he's a good putter um, and around the green isn't expected to be all that important this week. So love the spot for Rogers. Looks like he's going to be around 5% owned. Um, you can get his top five and top 10 odds, uh, you know, pretty good on the DK Sportsbook If you want to check that out, like the Vegas call, um, if it is going to be a driver heavy course, I got to think he's going to uh, game strokes on the field. He's been playing some pretty good golf recently, making four of his last five cuts. Uh, I like going back to Patton Kazire. He is incredibly inaccurate off the tee, but he has some distance. Uh, the irons have been good, really good putter. Uh, and then I like the hoagie call as well. Um, I roll him up as one of my value plays for the week. He's fourth in my model and strokes gained approach. Went to TCU, so uh, has some experience playing in Texas and uh, 13th in birdie or better percentage. So a guy that uh, stick plays or sticks a lot of darts, and if that's going to work here, if it's going to be low scoring, I think Hoagie has some, uh, some upside here.
0: Yeah, I like the call. I think he's a fine play there. Um, looks like, is it Whaley that's also getting some ownership? Uh, and that surprised me a little bit. But uh, if you look at his uh, game log, he's been pretty consistent uh, over the last couple of months. So, uh, Noto, is, is that the kind of player or who's the kind of guy that maybe you will look to fade a cheaper chalk play this week if you're on Gim?
1: yeah that's a good question uh Vegas and Whaley look like the two double digit guys below games, so might have to make a decision on one of them um, or both of them um you know they're both pretty our Vegas is pretty volatile and then Whaley we just don't have a big sample size with him he's been playing great uh but I just don't really know a ton about him and the irons don't look all that great so yeah I might be out for him this week
0: all right Tambo any other 7k thoughts for you any Whaley thoughts
2: yeah, actually there is, because I brought it up yesterday on the pod before I saw the ownership. You know, last week I, I just teased it out a little bit, but I, you know, I talked about him on Twitter some, because you know some of the things were brought up, the points around how good he'd been playing, and the fact that at some of the courses he was actually playing that well at, the stats were solid, and those were at courses that didn't even have the strokes game data. So he was actually probably better than what you thought. And I don't hate that here, but now again, same reason, just from a game theory perspective and garnering ownership down here, there's just so many guys, like how like Wyndham Clark, Harry Higgs, when we get to the six Ks, Hank Lebiota playing some good golf right now. Scott Piercy is there. I I could name all of these guys. I'm just going to be mixing these guys up. And while I know there's a lot of names down below the seven K range, when we go to this next one here in the six K range, I just got to get away from that, man. All the, all these winning lineups are landing on 7,100, 7,000, you know, last week, Luke List, was the lowest you'd really find at 6,800 for good reason. But you just don't need to dip down here that often. And if Whaley's going to get 11, 12%. Now he's chalk. Last week, he was like 2%. Made the cut, had himself a good week. There's other guys here I can play, no problem, at 3 and 4% or even 2% that I'm, I'm happier to go with. Uh, one, one more thing, though, cards. I want to click this back or to either of you. Uh, one guy we skipped over, and I'm hearing a little buzz on. The ownership's not showing it here on Roto-Grinders, but Antoine Rosner at 7.6K. Any any buzz out there for him that you guys have heard, or any thoughts on him at seven point six k here? I mean, he's a guy that uh, won on the Euro Tour
0: back in March. Uh, has some pretty decent Euro Tour results, uh, but surprised that you know where what generated the buzz was he on somebody's show this week or yeah somebody
2: else I think you got up? yeah just because now there's so much conversation like for example next week at the PGA we've got Garrick Higgo. In the field, And we're gonna you'll know, be talking about that because of his stuff going on. I haven't heard much mention about uh, John Catlin here, another guy that's down at seven point two k. I I joked with Kenny yesterday the real the real Ricky because him and Ricky were the two guys that got the sponsors exemptions <laughs> into the PGA Championship, and they said, yeah, well, one of them hasn't had a top ten yet, and one of them's won three times on the Euro Tour in John Catlin or Caitlin and or Catlin, sorry, but you um, you know Antoine Rosner is a guy that I've heard more people mention already and i'm not sure if it's just projection sites out there or things like that are pumping it up but i have heard a little mention on him so i'm not sure if uh he'd be worth a look here at
0: 7.6 i mean nothing's crazy on a field that kind of lacks value um it, it, it what's our ownership on him right now i didn't it's have just it. just under three percent so it's not really getting any buzz yet yeah either. i mean i don't i don't hate it no you got any thoughts there
1: I was just pulling up his stats on the Euro tour um, 22 rounds in 2021 21st strokes gained off the T 75th strokes gained on approach. So uh, not the best ball striker out there not a ton of experience in on this side of the pond. So I'll probably take a wait and see approach.
2: Yeah, I like that. That's, how I wanted to bring it up. Okay. Yeah. That's all for me. Card 7k range. Well, there's not much in
0: the sixes, so this uh, closing segment uh, should go by fairly quickly, although Tambo did mention a couple names there. I'll throw it over to Noto first. Uh, you got anybody that you're uh, feeling good about punting with this week there, Derek?
1: Yeah, it's really bad. The last couple of weeks I've had you know six to eight guys in the 6K range, and this week I have notes for two of them. Uh, one's Bronson-Bagoon, Went to Texas A&M. Um, he's pretty good off the tee, so I think you can take a sprinkle of him. Um, and another one is Sun Kang, who's been absolutely terrible. Uh, I think he's missed like seven of his last ten cuts, but um, this is his home course. It's been uh, his home course for like ten years, um, and he says he's been working with the swing coach, feeling good about it. So, I don't know. Uh, at 6.5%, 1% ownership, I'll take a sprinkle there.
0: And he's also the defending champion of this event, albeit at a different course, And two years ago, but that's okay. That's uh, small details. Uh, I put him as the YOLO play in my article this week. Uh, I'm curious to see where the ownership gets. I specifically listed YOLO play only uh, (laughs) next to him. So uh, yeah, that's, there's not much down here this week, but uh, Tambo, you mentioned a couple names there. You got anything interesting?
2: Uh, Yeah. Like I said, there's, there are more names than anything. Don't get me wrong, but I, you know, I'm not going to really risk it on some of these. I've already heard a little bit of conversation around some of the Walker cup team members, you know, Cole hammer, Pearson Cootie, those guys, I'm not going to go there, especially when I heard that they were, uh, you know, having some issues last week with a little bit of liquidity. I know they got the win, but I believe there was some uh, rough water that they might've drank or something like that little Terrell Hatton effect. So uh, I'm not too (laughs) interested in going back to that. Good for them on getting the win, but uh, hopping down in here, a couple of guys for me. So Troy Merritt guy that I'll play. Uh, if you look back, just, you know, again, comes back to scoring numbers and upside if he makes the cut, but at some of these, you know, high, some of these lower scoring events is where we've seen him pop up. So I don't hate that. Uh, Noto had another one there in Burgoon, who I liked. And then uh, Michael Glidzik is a guy that I was following last week, uh, fellow Canadian, of course, but there's no bias here. Played some good golf, can go low, uh, had himself a decent Sunday. His, his bogeys were in there. Don't get me wrong, but so was his Eagle and his multiple birdies. We're going to need that here. It's wh- whether or not he can make the cut. That's really what it's going to come down to. So um, I'll just check through here and see cards. Did you have anybody else? And I'll just round it out. Maybe I might have a couple more here.
0: I do not. I uh, think we've touched on anybody. Um, you know, if you want to play the bomber narrative and uh, somebody who can't putt uh, but can hit it a mile off the tee, there's always Will Gordon. Uh, but uh, the recent results are pretty ugly there. Um,
1: what about Bo Hogue? Bo
0: Hogue was the other guy. He's missed he's, five, what? six cuts in a row now.
1: So it's 91st, 81st, 98, 71st, it's 96. So he's like right on the cut line every single week. Um, one of the weaker fields he's played in. I don't mind him.
2: Let me see. Uh, I just saw here too, TJ got him telling. I was like, I don't, I've heard a little bit on Bo Hogan. I'm not sure why, but uh, I played him at like, you know, narrative based situations where his grandfather worked with the, uh, you know, with the course designer, or whatever, things like that. But you know, I don't, I don't know. So hmm. I'll have to think about that one. I do like uh, TJ's note here at the bottom though, You know, utilizing him on FanDuel where the stars and scrubs builds are quite viable. I, I do like that call quite a bit. I think that's an interesting way to go about it. Uh, The only other guy cards I had here was Mark Hubbard guy. I'll always play at scoring tracks like this. It's you know, definitely hit or miss, but I'll I'll chase that because he can pop up two Eagles, make a cut and then pop another couple Eagles on the weekend. And that's might be all you need as your sixth man in. So uh, I don't hate a guy like that in my lineups as well.
0: All right. Noto, anything else before we hop out of here?
1: No, uh, let's build our bankrolls for next week.
0: All right. Best of luck, everybody. We'll get out of here for this week. We'll be back next week for the PGA championship, maybe trying to line up a special guest as well. So we'll see if we can get that accomplished. Uh, But uh, in any case, the three of us for sure, will be back here next week, breaking down the uh, PGA championship for you should be a fun one. Uh, A little bit odd to have a major in May for those of us who are used to the old PGA tour schedule, but uh, certainly not complaining. So we'll be back for that next week. Until then, thanks as always for watching. If you're checking us out on YouTube, be sure to hit that thumbs up like button before you close out the stream. We appreciate you watching and uh, we'll catch you next week, everybody. So for Noto and Tambo and our producer Eli this week, thanks for filling in for Devin. I'm Justin. Have a great week and good luck, everybody.